Janelle. Hallie. It's so good to see you, my friend. It's been a while. It has. <laughs> I think a while is an understatement. And a half. <laughs> oh, how are you? I, I mean, I guess we can get there. Uh, yeah, we'll get there, we'll get there. We decided to make today just kind of like a check-in day where we just talk about why we took a step back, kind of what's been going on for us, and answer a few a few questions that some of you all have had for us, so. Yeah. And I think even I've had for us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So funny. So we're going to check in as our favorite or as with our feeling as an exotic animal. Also, sorry for the background noise. I have two lovely puppies with me today that are just walking around. They're getting comfy. Laying what are down. their names? What are their names? Um, There's Sherman and he is, I believe, a St. Bernard poodle mix. And then we have griffin and he is a labrador poodle mix and they're I adorable i kid you not my grandfather has a dog named griffin and this dog literally looks like an armadillo i don't know how to describe it other than the fact that he just <laughs> looks like an armadillo especially when they <laughs> shave him down he literally like he's got the little like butt tuck and everything oh my gosh that's adorable They've been cuddling with me all day, so. I love that. I know. Anywho, check in feeling as an exotic animal. And please, Mm -hmm. please, please, when you check in, explain why. Why are you this exotic animal? Okay. Who wants to go first? You or me? You go, Holly. Oh, gosh. Okay. I'm... I'm feeling kind of like a koala, but that's because, like, they look so sweet and, like, cuddly and aw, but they'll, like, attack you, you know? Like, they got them claws and they'll come for you. You know that, like meme that says like looks like a cinnamon roll is a cinnamon roll looks like a cinnamon roll could kill you looks like a kill you is a cinnamon roll like I feel like that's like the vibe that I'm getting from you right now yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm just kind of like in that mood today of like you cross me and I'll come for you moral of the story don't cross Hallie today (laughs) yeah you better watch it Janelle Okay. How about you? I think if I had to put my feelings to an exotic animal, it would definitely be like a leopard because they are very, very fast. And I feel like my brain is moving at like a thousand miles a minute and it's just a lot for little me to handle. And so I feel like my feelings definitely like leopard-like. Okay. Okay. I'm here for it. Yeah. (laughs) shall we jump into the podcast now yeah so like we mentioned earlier we just kind of want to take a little bit of time to 
explain where we've been at this past month and just to kind of talk about the fact that lapses happen in recovery and relapses happen in recovery and all the fun things, but we'll get there. Yeah. All right, Holly. So, what oh. made what has been going on this past past month that made you need to take a step back from the podcast? Yeah. So as most of you know, I discharged from my eating disorder program and stepped into a mental health program um, for my anxiety and some other stuff. Um, and it was a lot, it was a lot. And, um, in that time, I really needed to slow down and take time for myself to just be as a person, just exist and, um, focus on my recovery Uh, because in my center I wasn't really allowed to talk about my eating disorder and I didn't really have like support for my eating disorder anymore um I met with a dietitian once a week but other than that I was kind of on my own um and during that time I think it slowly progressed into more behaviors being used and um now I'm kind of at a point where it's not like like it's not like I need to re-enter treatment but I do have to be aware and acknowledge that my behaviors have become more noticeable and are something that I need to nip in the butt right now um and get a get ahead of um so luckily my time in PHP was only in a month long and I stepped down to IOP about three weeks ago. And so now I do have um, eating disorder support. I see a, I see an eating disorder therapist and um, we are working on acknowledging that increase of behaviors and um kind of just taking care of that. So as that kind of happened and as I was figuring out just treatment at a new center, I needed time to exist as a human being and struggle um, and learn and move through it all at the same time and to set up a really awesome team that would be supportive for me. Um, And sadly that meant that I didn't have time or the energy for the podcast. And so I needed to take a step back and allow myself that time to heal. I think that has such an important lesson of learning to step back and take time for yourself and recognize and meet yourself where you're at yeah it's really important it's something that I've had to learn how to do through recovery and through treatment is learning how to stop before things get bad and 
taking time for myself and knowing that that's okay and returning to things when I am ready. Um, and, you know, I, yeah, I would say like hard days in recovery are normal. They're learning experiences. And I would still say that I'm in active recovery, you know, anyways, I don't know where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's, no, I think that's a very valid place to be and to recognize that like engaging behaviors is something that can happen and also at the same time it doesn't need to completely derail and exclude you from recovery like you can have slip-ups and also acknowledge where you're at and like you said kind of nip it in the bud and like work from there and go from there yeah in no way am I saying like my behaviors are okay and like that's all fine and dandy it's like these are not okay and I'm working on improving you know and working towards being more on the recovery path again and these are normal like days you know the these days and these struggles are normal in recovery you know right so giving myself that grace and also acknowledging where they could lead yeah and the harm that they can can cause that's where I've been (laughs) (laughs) what about you now um I feel like this past month has been a little bit more on the challenging side for me as far as falling back into engaging in behaviors after coming out of res and everything um just to kind of give a brief overview of the way that my life has been going recently (laughs) it's kind of been a mess Um, it's okay I shortly after we kind of went inactive on Instagram and stopped recording the podcast um every week I stepped down to IOP against all of the advice and want of my team and treatment yep they got me scholarshiped through the weekend which meant that like I didn't have to pay for it and that center for discovery the clinic that I'm at was actually the one paying for me to go to treatment because my insurance refused to pay and then I Mm -hmm. the following week had to step down to IOP and IOP was a very eye-opening experience of where I feel like I am at in my recovery and it was hard to recognize that I'm not where I want to be in my recovery Mm -hmm. and I'm not accomplishing the things that I want to be doing and when given more autonomy I would go back and I would choose my disorder over recovery and I think that was very hard for me to try and accept and I was in IOP for about two weeks I started seeing my outpatient dietitian for meal support and my outpatient therapist just for the two sessions a week that I was missing because I stepped down And I had a family session, and family sessions are always an adventure. Yes. And (laughs) it's just, it was a very hard time, and it was very hard to just kind of sit and accept where I was at and 
on the way home from treatment, I got in a really bad car accident, which was also another thing. Um, yeah. I'm okay. My car is not okay. But <laughs> <laughs> I recently, yesterday actually, just went and bought a new one. So, yes, snaps for me because that was <laughs> a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, I, about two weeks ago now, I stepped back up to PHP, and yes, claps, claps, claps all around. You can't see Holly, but she was clapping. (laughs) And smiling. (laughs) (laughs) And it's been hard, and I think it's been hard because I wish I was at a point where I could step down to IOP and stay there. Yeah. But being at a place where I need to step back up to PHP has been a little bit more difficult and a little bit more challenging. And I think as far as the podcast goes, that has definitely made posting a lot more challenging because I feel very much hypocritical in the sense of posting and preaching about recovery when I am not fully engaging in it. And I feel like that has been a pretty big challenge and barrier for me when it comes to posting. Yeah. Um... I'm trying to think of other things. My my therapist and I have been chatting. I love her. And we have been talking about if PHP is still the appropriate level of care for me, which is another thing that has been rather challenging of being at a point where maybe I do need to step back up and go back to residential. And I just have been very challenged in a lot of different ways and a lot of talking with my therapist about living versus surviving and how I don't want to just be surviving in life and I want to be living it and I want to be experiencing it and kind of reprioritizing and finding out what is most important for me and different things like that yeah I'm proud of you. Thank you. I think, are you open to feedback? Oh, I'm so open to feedback. (laughs) For those of you who have never been a part of a process group, that's what happens is you just sit and you share and you talk about where you've been, like where you've been this past X amount of time and what's going on. And then the therapist looks at you and they're like, oh yeah. And sometimes I'll offer some advice or something. And then they'll say, are you open to feedback? And you say yes or no. And then the other clients there get to give you feedback. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, you know, the part where you were talking about having a hard time engaging with this podcast and the Instagram because it is recovery focused and it can feel hypocritical and like you aren't engaging in recovery. Um, Something that I had to acknowledge and learn um, was that by being in treatment and working on these things in treatment, I was engaging in recovery. And so even though there were active behaviors, I was still doing the work to beat my disorder and um, overcome it. 
And so by doing so, I was still in active recovery. And so I just want to provide that suggestion to you of like, maybe you can think of receiving the help that you need as being in recovery. Thank you. I do appreciate that because it's very easy to lose sight of and track of the fact that behaviors are present and that can really feel invalidating in all of the work that you've done. So I appreciate that reminder. Of course. So I have a question for you. I'm ready. Where do you feel like you're at in your recovery? I feel pretty smack dab back at the beginning. Okay. Um, just in the sense of I'm working on learning to trust myself again and gaining the trust back of my family and my team and different things on that line. And so I think I'm trying to rediscover the passion for recovery that I once had. Yeah. And I'm definitely working towards discovering the best version of myself. Yeah. Where do you feel like you're at? That is a lovely question. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for asking. (laughs) Um, I think despite the hard days recently, I would consider myself in partial remission from my eating disorder. Um, I have hard days. I use behaviors at times. And for the most part, I'm doing better than I ever have on my own in recovery. Um, There is still a ton of room for improvement, and that's why my team and I say partial remission. And I still think that the work I'm putting in and the things, the actions and behaviors that I am using for recovery um, put me in the category of partial remission. And um, I would say that I'm also an active recovery. Um, I'm recovering. I, I don't consider myself recovered yet. Yet. Keyword. Always. Always, always. Well, what is one, I know we've kind of talked about and discussed this a little bit, but if you had to name one specific challenge that you've had recently in recovery, what would you say that a challenge has been? I would say my challenge would be self-accountability. Um, I'm in a situation where I'm, I'm responsible for myself. I have to keep myself accountable and it's, it's just me. I have a support system and I'm honest with them, but obviously they aren't with me 24 seven and um, with me at every meal and snack. And so I would say that keeping myself accountable 
has been the hardest part for me. The hard, one of my biggest challenges. Self-accountability is so hard and so challenging. It is. <laughs> oh my you would gosh. think that it wouldn't be, but, but it is. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's more than just telling someone like, Hey, I'm doing this. It's then keeping yourself accountable on changing whatever you are doing. And Here comes Sherman. Honesty. <laughs> Hi, Sherman. Um, honesty is one thing and changing behaviors is a total different thing. And so yeah. I think that's a valid, that's a valid challenge to be going through. And I'm sorry that you're experiencing that. Thank you. What about you now? See, I, I would say I'm definitely struggling with the honesty aspect with my team. There's Mm. been a lot of things that have come up recently that I have definitely been hiding from my team. And I just recently, like within the past week, brought it back forth and it's Brought on a lot of different changes that have happened at program for me specifically. And Mm. I think that being honest has been, has been hard. And I would also say kind of jumping into like a win for recovery. That's also been a win that I'm having because Mm. while there was a lot of dishonesty going on for a while, I... In my last session, actually, with my therapist, I came forth and I was like, all right, here's what's been going on. And I told her everything and, like, she was very proud of me. And, again, I love my therapist. She's very supportive, very encouraging and definitely told me that, kind of like you were saying, that while behaviors are not okay, like, coming forth and being open and honest about them is okay and that there's room to grow and room to learn. So that's been my challenge and my win, just kind of all kind of combined into one. I love that. I think you touched on something that like reminded me of a point in treatment for me was there was a lot of like dishonesty for me with my team in like my early stages of recovery or of like treatment of just like, hiding certain things my therapist bless her heart always said omitting the truth um she (laughs) a lie of omission is still a lie (laughs) she'd be like you need to stop omitting the truth Allie um and it wasn't until I had come back from having COVID and relapsing really hard that I was honest with her and like my whole team of what was actually going on. And that was a turning point in my recovery. That was when like everything kind of switched for me was like when I finally started being honest with my team and when we, I finally was like, okay, here's like one of my, cause it was like, one of my biggest triggers that I just never told them about, you know, that was constantly happening. And um, 
finally we talked about it and got it out there and we planned and prepped and found a way to eliminate that trigger, you know. Um, but it was that honesty that really was the turning point in my recovery. So you never know, this could be your turning point. I can only hope, Riley. How about hope. them, Apples? <laughs> How do you like them, Apples? <laughs> there we go. All right, what's been a win for you? A win for me would be I've had breakfast more times than not in the last week. And breakfast has always been my hardest meal. Yes, so. Holly. Thank you. It's been good. I've gotten out of bed. I've made my breakfast. I've sat down. I've had it. I've enjoyed it. Um, so that would be one of my wins. And like another win that I, I've had is adding foods that I enjoy into my diet. Because that was something I struggled with was eating foods that I enjoy, like genuinely enjoy. Um, so like a freaking chocolate muffin yeah <laughs> right now it's these um, <laughs> right now it's these milk chocolate covered mini pretzels from Trader Ooh. Joe's amazing amazing I need to go to Trader Joe's here, you should they have really good stuff a full honest fact about me that I am honestly a little bit ashamed of is the fact that I have not been to Trader Joe's ever on my own accord i've not been to trader joe's i've been with a friend like once but i did not purchase anything and i have not been to trader joe's since you need to go it's like um like just full of treasures they have really great stuff i know and i hear they have and I've had these before, and they were quite literally the most magical experience of my life. <laughs> but I don't like peanut butter, and so I've never had a Reese's peanut butter cup because I don't like peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. they have both almond butter and sunflower butter cups mm-hmm. at Trader Joe's, and I've had some that aren't the Trader Joe's brand, but I've had some of those before, and it has literally been life-changing i'll have to bring some next time we meet up yes please do or we can go to just make you go yeah oh yeah let's go (laughs) anyways just a little (laughs) off topic so sorry (laughs) i love it um what has been your biggest takeaway from this past month as things have been a little bit more challenging, what's been yeah. your biggest takeaway? Yeah, um, that's a really great question. I think for me, my biggest takeaway has been that hard days are okay. Um, I used to beat myself up a lot, and I still do, for having hard days um, in recovery, with my mental health, really any of it and um I think in the last month that's been the thing that I've learned the most is that 
it's okay to have a hard day or have multiple hard days or hard weeks, you know, um, it's what you do with them that matters. And so when I have a hard day, I'm honest with the people around me. I'm honest with my support system. I text my dietitian um, <laughs> and I tell her, you know, what's going on. She hypes me up, you know, and we, I work through it. Um, and I'm learning to give myself the grace of having a hard day. So I would say that was, that would be my biggest takeaway is that it's okay to have a hard day. I love that. I think that kind of ties into something that I've always said to myself and to other people that it's okay to not be okay. Right. And it's okay to have a hard day and it's okay to acknowledge the fact that not everything is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What's been your biggest takeaway? That's a good question, Hallie. That you don't have boundaries? No. (laughs) (laughs) On the real though, you guys, I have zero boundaries whatsoever. Um, That has been a pretty large takeaway of the fact that I, I can't set boundaries. I cannot do that. But no, honestly... Along the same lines, along the same lines of not having any boundaries, I think a big takeaway for me has been learning that it is okay to take up space because something Mm. that I really struggle with as far as boundaries do go is holding a lot of space for other people and not taking up any space on my own. And it's something that I've been working on with my therapist because bless her heart I love her and she gets paid to listen to me complain yeah but I still I still have a hard time wanting to take up her time because I feel like there's other people that she could be focusing on and other things that she could be doing and so I've been working on checking in with my therapist on processing during process group and uh, checking in with my friends and my support system and just kind of all in all learning that it is okay to take up space because that is such a challenging thing for me yeah you deserve to take up space your recovery is not selfish it's not (laughs) (laughs) oh I forget that I think our podcast can come across as like we don't talk outside of our podcast, but we do. <laughs> oh, we do for sure. <laughs> like Janelle and I talk often, and um, like when I talk about my support system, Janelle is one of the people in my support system. Hallie is one hundred percent a part of my support system. <laughs> so yeah, I think it can come off as we don't talk but I want to make sure we do talk I you know we do we chat occasionally (laughs) just every now and then (laughs) I've I've called Hallie twice today yeah maybe three maybe (laughs) oh you're so funny okay one last question What is one thing you sugarcoat that you could be more honest about? 
the impact and kind of, I don't want to say severity because that sounds very big, but the impact that my behaviors can have because I feel as though mm-hmm. if you are engaging in behaviors and nothing inherently bad is happening in the moment, it's very easy to invalidate the severity of behaviors And so I feel like when people ask me, oh, how are you doing? Like, how are things going? X, Y, Z. I'm very much so at the point where I'm like, oh, I'm doing good. Like, things are going great because, like, nothing inherently bad is happening. And so I feel like acknowledging the fact that behaviors in whatever form they come in are not good. Right. And just kind of meeting myself where I'm at. Yeah. I like that. What about you? This actually, my last session with my therapist made me think about this. Um, Because we were talking about why I'm having a hard time letting all of my eating disorder go. And I think something I sugarcoat in my mind so that I can like deal with it and cope with it is the impact I know my eating disorder had on the people around me and the relationships that I have. Um, It's not something that, you know, I've talked about a lot or even had that discussion with the people around me but the impacts are obvious, you know, the impact that it had is obvious. Um, and so I think that in the last couple of weeks, it's been something that has been really bothering me. And so I have to like sugarcoat it in my, in my mind so that I can deal with it, you know, to a certain extent, because that's a heavy thing to think about. Mm-hmm and feel, you know, and acknowledge. Yeah, I remember, Holly, I think I've shared this with you. There was an assignment that I, we had to do. We were reading The Body is Not an Apology, and it was talking about, like, how has your thoughts and feelings about yourself and the way you look influenced and impacted the people around you? Like, who has it had the most impact on? And I was at a point where I was so mad about everything. And this is pre-residential. So I was, like, writing. I was like, screw this assignment. This is horrible. Like, I can't believe you would make me think about and talk about how this is impacting other people. I already feel like I'm doing a terrible job. And this is just making me feel worse. And blah, 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 blah. And you can ask Callie. I definitely, I'm pretty sure I showed that to you, right? Oh, you did. Okay. (laughs) Um, and I was just such an angry gal about it, but I think coming to terms with the fact that, yeah, your eating disorder does impact other people around you, and it's not an easy thing for every single person around you to be able to deal with and to cope with, um, that is a hard thing to accept, but it's also not something that you need to carry completely on your own. Right. And... 
the reason that it's hard on the people around you is because the people around you love you. Yeah. And just being able to recognize that while, like, I'm thinking about my biggest support systems, like, you included, like, it is hard to watch someone that you love struggle and go through something that is challenging, but at the same time, it doesn't make you love them any less. It doesn't make you have any more of a, like, challenge connecting with them, so I think... Right. That's a really important thing to recognize. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because I know no one, like, holds anything against me for it. It's me and my eating disorder shaming me, you know. So, that'll be next week's therapy topic. (laughs) (laughs) The next thing I bring to the table. When she asked me what I want to talk about. Uh... (laughs) Here's the thing. Oh my gosh, my therapist told me that she listened to our podcast. (laughs) Wait, really? That's adorable. Again, I love her. That's so cute. Hi. The shades of red that I got when she told me that, I swear. (laughs) You're so funny. I try. Aww. Well, well, we're going to try and be more consistent. Yeah, we are. We apologize for being inconsistent. And this is real life and recovery. Yeah. We have ups and downs. And sometimes you get ghosted. Other times you, <laughs> other times you don't. You get ghosted um, by your podcast. Yeah. But we're back for now. Yes, we are. And um, we have big plans. We have, we're hoping to have a guest next week. And I don't know. We also have an Instagram. Go check that out. Recovery is not selfish. No spaces. No spaces. And we will be back next week. We will be. All right. Thank you all for listening, and sorry, this is a little bit of a shorter episode. We just kind of wanted to catch you all up and let you know where we've been at and what's been going on, and we will be back to our regularly scheduled programming soon enough. Yes. (laughs) Okay, Holly, how are you going to take care of yourself this week? I'm going to attend all my therapy sessions. (laughs) All of them? Yeah, I have three therapists, Nelly. Oh my goodness. I know. So, I'm going to be doing that. How about you? Um, Tonight, I am making dinner for my family, and I'm going to sit down with my family and enjoy some dinner and some conversations with them. Yay. Yay. All right. Alrighty. Well, we will see you guys next week, and we hope that you all have a wonderful week, and just always remember to protect your recovery, and that that isn't selfish. That's the most important thing that you can do right now. Yes.